Welcome into the Diamond Vols podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Eric Kane, following Tennessee's embarrassing eight to six loss to Notre Dame in the opener of the Knoxville Super Regional. It did not go well. Bad baseball, bad emotions, bad everything, Eric Kane. I mean, it was about the worst start you could possibly imagine for Tennessee to open Super Regionals. You got Blade Tidwell, who you have a whole lot of confidence in, just getting shelled. Um, you come up empty with you know runners in scoring position there early in the ball game. You had the heart and soul of your team. You and I both said the heart of the team yesterday on, on this pod. Uh, you get ejected from the baseball game in the fifth inning. Your pitching coach gets ejected from the baseball game. He's going to miss some more time. Of course, we know about Gilbert's. Um, give Tennessee credit, came back. Um, I thought Ben Joyce pitched well, Wyatt Evans pitched well. Um, I thought the bullpen came through there towards the end. Mabry touched up a bit. Tennessee made a two-run game, but like we spoke on against Notre Dame, getting in that early hole, it's going to be much more of a challenge to climb out of it compared to last weekend, and unfortunately we saw that tonight. Yeah, we, we certainly did. Uh, we did a power poll on josh and swain when i was filling in for josh with swain on friday no thursday and you and i even talked about it on the podcast i, I forgot that you asked me on the podcast as well the five most important vols for this super regional and my number one most important was drew gilbert and on top of not doing anything the first couple of innings eric he gets ejected i don't i don't even know what inning fourth fifth what was it do you know it's fifth, fifth. thank you that, that feels like five hours ago is what it feels like. Uh, he, he gets ejected. It was a bad call. A really, really bad call. Takes a strike. 100%. Should have been 2-0 instead of 1-0. It was inside. It was low. It was at the ankles. And Drew Gilbert just, he he, he flipped. He, he lost it and turned around and dropped two F-bombs right in the face of the umpire. And... Although I agree that the call was terrible and the umpire should be ashamed of himself, you, you can't turn around face-to-face -to, -face to the umpire and drop two F-bombs. If you do, you're going to get ejected, whether it's the World Series, Super Regional, or the first game of the season. Drop two F-bombs in, in the umpire's face and you show him up in that manner, you're going to get ejected. Yeah, I would agree. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the call was horrible. Um, he had a, he had a horrible game, horrible game. Um, the, the call umpire. was horrible. Yes. The umpire. And, you know, I, I'm sure that's not been the first time that's happened before. I'm sure if Gilbert maybe, you know, was looking down and saying it, maybe, maybe he would have been there. He got the hook immediately. So you knew he had to be, it had to be something bad. And of course, you know, they, we can all read lips here. So, uh, it just kind of is what it is, and you you know one of the greatest things about Drew Gilbert is is he wears his emotions on the sleeve. He's the heart and soul. He's the emotional leader. Um, a lot of that you channel that for good energy. Um, this time, as Tony Vitello said post game, it kind of spilled over, and um, it's unfortunate. He's he's a guy that should know better. When you run the risk, when you toe that line of chirping, 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 and and talking with the umpire, you always run the risk of getting tossed. And this time, obviously, he was, you know, getting tossed for for the actions that, that he said. And it's unfortunate because not only did he get ejected from this game, but as we know, it's going to be missed tomorrow. And you got to hope Tennessee can prevail so he can get at least one more opportunity, at least one more opportunity to, to play in this Tennessee uniform. So, again, uh, just a, a horrible, horrible start to Super Regional play for Tennessee. And um, you got to hope that they can survive tomorrow and, and see what happens. 
we'll come back around and touch on the Drew Gilbert issue moving forward and what that means to Tennessee. We'll also touch on Frank Anderson as well because Frank Anderson also ejected and just a, a bad start, like you said, and it started with Blake Tidwell in the first inning, leadoff single on the first pitch of the game, uh, bounces back with a, a strikeout, and then with one out, Notre Dame goes deep. Uh, the the first baseman, uh, Carter Putts, he, he hits one off the top of the scoreboard, a two-nothing game. Then in the second inning, Notre Dame hits a, a solo home run to make it three-nothing, and you're not completely freaking out, but you're kind of getting a little nervous, especially when it's it's Jared Miller, who hasn't been able to play lately because he's been injured. He finally comes back, and, and he has a big game. Had the home run, the second one of the of the day. He also had a single up the middle. Uh, that, that gave Notre Dame a 3 nothing lead. And then in the third inning, an, another two-run home run to make it a 5 nothing game. And, and that's when you really started to worry. Uh, this time, Zach Prosner. No, excuse me. Uh, Jack Ziska, he hit the two-run home run uh, there to make it 5 nothing. Since he gets run back in the bottom half of that inning, Jordan Beck hits a sack fly to the warning track in center field that was nearly uh, a three-run home run. And how about looking back on that after Tennessee loses by two? If that's a home run and instead of a sack fly, that's two more runs on the board. So you're like, okay, well, Tennessee's going to start to climb back in into this game. And they had had chances to that point. In the first inning, you left runners on base. The second inning, you left runners on base, and you left quite a bit of runners on base throughout the game. That that was a huge, huge issue. Tennessee was one for 16 with runners on base tonight. One for 16 with runners on base. That's simply not going to cut it. Two for 11 at the plate with two outs is not going to cut it. And one for 10 with runners in scoring position is not going to cut it. You're going to lose every day of the week when those are the numbers that you were throwing up there, even if the pitcher is doing his thing. Like, yes, Blake Tidwell struggled, Will Mabry struggled, but Tennessee had plenty of opportunities to counter Notre Dame's offensive output with some crooked numbers of their own, and they, they weren't able to pick up Blake Tidwell and Will Mabry and the pitching staff. We've been talking about complimentary baseball the last couple of weeks and how if there's a rare game where the pitchers struggle, the offense picks them up. That wasn't the case tonight. That that simply wasn't the case tonight. T- Tennessee certainly had their chances. Uh, and then when it's 5-1 after Tennessee makes it uh, a four-run game, Will Mabry comes in to, to start the fourth inning. He gives up back-to-back singles with one out. And then uh, Jack Brannigan hits a three-run home run. It was 8-1. to one. Tennessee made its best effort to come back and, and try to make it a ball game. It, it did make it a ball game. Only lost by two. Uh, they, they did fight, but just didn't play good baseball because of Blake Tidwell and, and Will Mabry's struggles paired with some offensive struggles, some defensive errors that, that really cost them. It was just an ugly start to the baseball game. Yeah, and I, I thought Trey Lipskin did all he could to get Tennessee back in this baseball game. Of course, he had the uh, solo home run in the fourth inning, and then he had the, the massive two-run double. Uh, there in the seventh inning, they brought it to, to within three. And, you know, I thought when that happened, I said, okay, all right. Um, I don't know if Tennessee will win this one, but it's, you know, it's it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to obviously come down to the wire. And ultimately, Jordan Bag was able to homer in another run there in the ninth inning, but that's that's kind of all she wrote. And, um, yeah, it, it's uh, some of the same things we've kind of been talking about in terms of sooner or later, not being able to bring in some of those early runs will come back and get you, getting an early, an early hole, 
uh, sooner or later going to the well, there's not going to be any water left. Um, it just kind of is what it is. And, you know, Blade did well. Um, it's unfortunate because I, I agree with, you know, what Tony said post game as well. Like when I'm watching it, he's, he's he get the two strike counts all the time. And then, and then it's just wreaking havoc on him with two strikes. It's, you're so close to finishing off the batter. And then it kind of just is what it is. And the defense wasn't great behind him again. I know Tennessee only had two errors officially. They had three at one point, must've taken one off the board at some point in this baseball game, but just kind of sloppy. It uh, didn't look like Tennessee tonight. Uh, uh, that's that's for sure. Um, again, I, I don't think that this team was shocked. I don't think this team was sleepwalking because again, it did battle, battle, battle back, and ultimately only only you know trail by two runs in the game's end when it was down seven at one point. But just not Tennessee baseball. Not not the number one team in the country baseball that we've seen all season long, and that was evident in a big way tonight. And give Notre Dame credit; they got out there and they jumped all over Tennessee. Obviously, they pitched well. I think uh, Link Jarrett went to the bullpen at the right time as well. Um, and you know, it, 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 I know social media was a buzz tonight because of the comments about the park and everything. Listen, three of those four, sh- uh, really all four of them, in my opinion, because the, the first one hit the top of the scoreboard, like you said, they were shots. I mean, they, they were, they were blistered out of this ballpark. So some days the team just has your number and Notre Dame certainly had Tennessee's number here tonight. Right. And Blake Tidwell just didn't make good pitches with two strikes. It's as simple as that. He, he, he was better than his final line indicated, and what I mean by that is that he was doing a good job of getting ahead in counts. His his fastball was playing really well, 97, 98 up in the zone, was getting swings and misses. Uh, his, his breaking ball, his slider, it looked good, but for whatever reason, he just struggled with two strikes, and, and it really spoiled an outing in which I, I thought his stuff looked pretty good, quite frankly. It's just he – he made his worst he, – he had a handful of bad pitches, and they were at the worst times possible. Hanging a, bring, a breaking ball up in the zone, a fastball right down the middle. He, he just left pitches over the plate when you're, you're supposed to, to be striking guys out with, with one-two counts and, and oh-two counts, and the, the command just, for whatever reason, was not there on two strikes. I, I don't know if he was overthrowing uh, in, in those moments, trying too hard. Uh, for those strikeouts, but just a, a tough day for Blake Tidwell, and um, hopefully that's not his last outing as, as a Tennessee Vol, uh, because he's certainly done a lot for Tennessee the past two seasons. And, and speaking of the home runs that he was giving up, I mean Notre Dame, we talked about it, the third fewest home runs hit in the ACC this season, and then they come out and they hit one in the first inning, in the second inning. In the third inning, in the fourth inning, they're they're winning eight to one after four innings. And this is an offense that averages 7.7 runs per game. Blake Tidwell had given up three home runs in, let's look at the stats, 36 innings. Three home runs given up in 36 innings. He gives up three in the first three innings. If, If that doesn't scream Tennessee athletics. I don't know what does. And again, I went and compiled them from your story uh, that you put up at VolQuest.com previewing Notre Dame earlier this week. Went and compiled it. I put it in a tweet. Remember, this is Notre Dame coming into this game where they ranked in the ACC this year. Sixth and average, 10th and hits, 10th and runs, 10th and slugging, 11th and OBP, uh, 11th and total bases, 12th in home runs. I mean, it's a team that, as you put it, doesn't beat themselves. They run well, they walk, they don't strike out an awful lot, but it's a team that's, you know, as far as power, that's just not the MO of what Notre Dame was. And that's all it was doing there for the first four innings against Tennessee. Felt like every time someone got on base, home run. Someone got on base, home run. 
Um, so it's just, again, it's that, that's baseball. Sometimes it's frustrating because, you know, what do you do? Where do you point to? And, you know, all you can do is go back to those two strike pitches from blade Tidwell where they were just left hanging and he just didn't locate them. He didn't, he didn't deliver on those two strike pitches. And and that that's really just the difference in this one when it's all said and done. Well, and here's the other thing. And, and I guess this kind of bad luck also self-inflicted Tennessee hit three home runs on the night, Jordan Beck. Jarrell Ortega, Trey Lipscomb. If you would have told me before the game that those three guys are going to Homer, I would have told you that Tennessee wins the ball game. If you would have told me then that Ben Joyce is going to come in and pitch 3.1 innings, not allow a run, the three walks, the walks were an issue again, but he had five strikeouts, only gave up two hits, 64 pitches. If you would have told me Ben Joyce was going to do that and the three guys that hit homers, are going to hit homers, I would have told you Tennessee won pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. But they didn't because Tennessee's home runs were solo home runs. And, and Solos, again, yeah. Uh, that part of that bad of luck, the, four. the other part is self-inflicted, right? Because obviously you control whether guys are on base or not. Yeah, yeah. Three of the four home runs for Notre Dame were with guys on base. Two-run shot, a two-run shot, and a three-run shot. All three of Tennessee's were solos. And, and, you're exact, and that's where I was going with that. Uh, you just need more base runners, right? Um and uh, it's kind of like the old Andrew Jones of the Braves towards the end of his Braves career. It's like he was striking out all the time, and he was still hitting a lot of home runs, but they were all solo. So it's like, I mean, what are you doing here? Um, and, and that was frustrating. But I'm with you, man. If you would have told me that Tennessee was going to hit, score six runs and hit three home runs, I'd say, okay, you're probably going to win this baseball game. But it was all in come from behind fashion when you were being blown out eight to one, you know, through four. Right. And if you flip that, if, if Tennessee's home runs are with runners on base and I'm not trying to be Mr. Correct you here, but uh, like Tennessee had plenty of runners on base. That's the frustrating part. They didn't when the home runs came, but like yeah. one for 16 with runners on base is pathetic. It's pathetic. One for 10 with runners in scoring position is pathetic as well. And I'm not saying you got to hit home runs when you have runners on base and then with runners in scoring position, just put the ball in play. Just put the ball in play. I, it, <laughs> As you can tell, I'm I'm very frustrated by tonight. It's just worst time to have the worst game of the season. And and now kind of looking towards tomorrow, Eric, not only are you in this hole, you're going to be without Drew Gilbert. You're going to be without Frank Anderson. Okay. With the season on the line, go beat one of the best pitchers in the country, one of the best pitchers the ACC has to offer. He's a lefty, and he absolutely shoved against everybody this season. And he's an all-ACC first-team pitcher the past two seasons. Have fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good situation to be in. Certainly, you've got everything going to get you heading into tomorrow. And hey, you know Tennessee's thrived in that type of situation a lot. Um, in you know last year at times, at points in times this year. So let's see what they can do tomorrow. Um, it was good. It was encouraging. But first of all, Trey Lips can also hurt you. By the way, uh, he absolutely smoked with the runners on the with ducks on the pond. He absolutely smoked that double. I can't believe that it ricocheted off the arm and went Never all the that. way. All the way to the to, to the warning track into the wall. That was incredible. Never um, seen it. Would love to know what the exit below was on that one. That was incredible. But back to tomorrow. Encouraging seeing Jerry Dickey in there and playing left field today. Potentially that's the route you go tomorrow. Let him play the field. That way you keep Burke at the designated hitter. You can slide Stevenson over to, to the center field. If that's the case, then cool. Um, what do you do with the lineup? I'm with you. I, I thought about that immediately. I was like, just slide everybody up. Lipscomb can hit cleanup. Ortega can hit fifth. And you're not, I mean, yeah, you, you'd rather have Drew Gilbert in there, but you're not, you're not bad off, right? And then slide Jerry Dickey in there at sixth or seventh or whatever. So 
I'm intrigued to see what they do. Of course, Kyle Booker's an option as well. Um, but if Dickey can play the field, Dickey should be out there, in my opinion. You got yep. Dickey, Burke, Seth Stevenson in the center. I think that's the way to go if if he how depending on how that ankle is, and it looked like it was fine tonight. And and, and here's something that I would bring up, even if Drew Gilbert was available. You got to get Jared Dickey's bat in the lineup. Whether you're taking Seth Stevenson out or Blake Burke out, somebody's got to come out for Jared Dickey. Because I don't dislike Seth Stevenson's game as much as Twitter does or the message boards. Uh, he, he has a, a an awesome skill set. I, I think he is a good baseball yeah. player. But it, it's like he has brain farts far too often. Uh, it, I mean, just coming up in crucial situations and flying out on on the first pitch like that that can't happen that can't happen leading off an inning and yet you pop up weekly on the first pitch to third base in foul territory like that yeah he he has a single or two or a walk or two a game and he has elite speed and all that but man he has some bad at bats every now and then and, and look Blake Burke beautiful home run swing I mean his home run or strikeout right here in, right now for him and i mean i i would consider putting christian moore in there christian moore's had better at bats lately than blake burke and, and look i love blake burke i'm, I'm sorry if, if this is going to irritate anybody but jared dickey and christian moore have had better at bats lately than blake burke and seth stevenson so i definitely that's all you gotta do right that, now you, go ahead I, was just, I mean it's do or die time you got put up or shut up i mean it, it's whoever's hot we gotta play whoever's hot right now it's not need to get the at-bats and see what happens towards the end of the season, build them up, yada, yada. I mean, it's who's hot, play them. So, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, whoever whoever gives you the best opportunity to win that game tomorrow has to play no matter what. Because if not, you're done. Right. And, and I would look, aside from Christian Moore, I, I would keep the other three in the lineup. What, what you said and, and what they did tonight is what I would do. Um, I would slide Stevenson over to center. Slide Jared Dickey in the left field, and I would keep Blake Burke in the DH spot. What I was bringing up in terms of making sure Dickey was in there was if they don't feel comfortable putting Dickey in the field, but I think tonight proved that they do feel comfortable putting Dickey in the field. So I, I would keep all those three in there and have Christian Moore ready to go uh, like they had, like they have been recently. And, and you mentioned what I would do with the batting lineup. We talked about it on Around the Horn, which is what you were referencing. I would just slide everybody up. Trey Lipscomb to the four-hole, Jarrell Ortega to the five-hole, Evan Russell to the six-hole, which, oh, by the way, Evan hasn't, aside from that pinch hit single, unless I'm forgetting something off the top of my head, been struggling since he came back from the the mess that we're dealing with exactly a week ago right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they need to get him going uh, for sure. You still want Luke in the two hole, although I forgot they're playing a lefty tomorrow. So Luke's not going to be in the two hole. Um, maybe you slide Jarrell up to the two hole and you put Evan in the five hole, then Luke in the six hole. I don't know. It'll look a little bit different because it is a lefty tomorrow. Maybe because Drew Gilbert's out, they, they decide to keep Luke in the two hole. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And then Frank Anderson, he's suspended for the next three games because it is his second suspension of the year. He wasn't ejected for necessarily arguing. He was ejected because he ran out onto the field. Tony Vitello said after the game that he was trying to calm um, Tony or calm Drew Gilbert down and prevent it from spiraling out of control, but it was too late by the time he got out there. And then Frank got ejected for storming onto the field. And 
because it's Frank's second ejection of the season, he's automatically suspended three games. So uh, unless Tennessee makes it to a second game in Omaha, we will not see Frank Anderson the rest of the season, and that does carry over into next season. <laughs> so if tomorrow's the last day, he'll still have to sit out and, and be suspended for the first two games of, of next season as well. So I, I, I think well, – I don't know what the bigger loss is. Uh, Frank is a mastermind in that bullpen as, as well, and Tony really leans on him. So just just not great. Yeah, your season's on the line against one of the best pitchers in the country, a lefty against a, a good Notre Dame team, and you're without the heart and soul of your team on the field and in the lineup, and you're without one of the best minds in all of college baseball And Frank Anderson. Not great. Yeah, it's not great at all. Um, but, I mean, at least with the loss of Frank, and, and don't – hear me wrong. I'm not trying to dismiss anything like you are. It's like those games where Frank and Tony were both out. It's like, okay, you have a plan. We're mapping out every single instance that can happen. Right. And in you still, you can be as prepared as you want. And I understand it still doesn't, you know, take the place of having him in the dugout and all that, but they have a plan, you know, say, say, uh, you know, Dell Lander does not go far into tomorrow's game. They have a plan for who they want to come in incidences, you know, lefty specialist top situations, whatever the case may be. So, like, you'll go in there with a plan. And, I mean, Tony, I mean, he's been doing this for a little bit now, too, so, like, he can handle it. But, I mean, just, you know, Gilbert's not having him in the middle lineup, not having him patrol center field, not having his emotions out there. And that sucks, man. I mean, it really, really does. And that, But that does not mean Tennessee can just fall over dead. I mean, Jordan Beck is a leader on this team. Evan Russell is a leader on this team. Luke Lipschitz is a leader on this team. I mean, Tennessee's got some more veterans in there that can pick up the slack, no doubt. It's just, it's kind of like that pulse of this Tennessee team and this heartbeat. I mean, it, it starts and ends with uh, with Drew Gilbert, and not having him in there tomorrow is it's, it's going to be upsetting for sure. But hopefully, Tennessee can overcome it and uh, he can at least don on that uniform, um, you know, one more time and hopefully some more uh, if you take care of business the next two days. Tennessee is capable of coming back and still making it to Omaha. There, there's no doubt about it. But, is it fair to say the odds are against them right now? I don't I don't really want to say that about no, this team considering how dominant they are, but I, I think especially with 100%. the suspensions, with the suspensions, I think the odds are against them. I mean, take the suspensions out of the count. The, the, the broadcast tonight said 80% of game one winners in Super Regional play win the series. So, I mean, you know, that that's tough. I mean, that's tough. You add suspensions in there as well. It's 100%. You can say that, you know, everything's stacked against you right now. Um Notre Dame should be feeling very confident right now, as I'm sure it is, you know, but that doesn't mean Tennessee can't climb back out and win this one. Again, this Tennessee team is built to come out of a loser bracket type situation. That's not what this is, but this Tennessee team is deep, still has options. And I'm not even thinking game three right now. I mean, you're getting Dolander. You're getting Burns tomorrow. Um, Stool pitch a little bit tonight. I mean, you, you are getting everything you have in the tank tomorrow to ensure that you can play on Sunday. And I think it's as simple as if Chase Dolander is Chase Dolander, Tennessee wins tomorrow. If mm -hmm. he's not, I think Tennessee season likely comes to an end unless Tennessee's offense does something to John Michael Bertrand that has not happened before. And then, look, that's certainly capable. Uh, John Michael Bertrand has not faced uh, a lineup like Tennessee's. And we've seen Tennessee's lineup go off on aces for other teams this season. But I was super simplistic leading into the weekend, saying that if Blake Tidwell and Chase Dolander are Blake Tidwell and Chase Dolander, Tennessee will be perfectly fine. That obviously was not the case here on, on Friday night, but looking forward to tomorrow, and I, I hate to put this much much pressure on Chase Dolander, but hey, SEC Pitcher of the Year, if if he pitches like the SEC Pitcher of the Year, I think Tennessee will be fine tomorrow. I, I, really, think it's, I, I really think it's as simple as that. 
Go ahead and get it, man. I mean, this, this is what you live for, right? You want to... You want to be on the mound. You want to be the one everyone's turning to in an elimination-type game, whether you're putting the team away or you're keeping your team alive. And I think that um, really, really good players have that type of mindset, and they want to be in those situations. And, I, you know, I think that he's going to be up for the challenge. Um, and you, you never really know, too, right? Because, I mean, Dolander did not have his his best outing last week, and the Tennessee team was able to bounce back and have his back and score a whole lot of runs. Understanding that Notre Dame's pitching is a whole lot better than – the likes of what you even saw last last weekend, um, I still, you know, would say that Tennessee's offense can come back. It nearly did tonight. So um, I expect Dolander to go out there and throw well tomorrow. I expect Jarrell Ortega to be a key factor tomorrow and be a big reason why Tennessee either wins or loses. So I'm excited about it. Put up or shut up, do or die. Um, you hate you're in this spot, but uh, I don't think Tennessee's going to back down from the challenge. Well, today sucked. I'm ready for to go to bed. So that, that's that's going to do it for this edition of the Diamond Vols podcast. Hopefully when we reconvene tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, 2, 2 p.m. start. So I guess it'll be tomorrow evening by the time we're sitting down to record. So uh, hopefully tomorrow evening, Tennessee has won. Chase Dolander has handled business and we get a game three on Sunday. So Eric, you try to enjoy the rest of your night. I'll try to enjoy the rest of my night and uh, we'll talk to the good people tomorrow tomorrow evening.